0: Praise the Lord. Let's open our Bibles tonight to the book of Psalms, please, chapter 103. And I believe, I believe, I won't promise, but I believe that we will finish Psalm 103. Like Doug says, we move pretty slow. I, I don't like to drive slow, but, but anyway, in church, I, I don't like to get in too much of a hurry. I don't want to miss whatever the Lord might have for us. And so uh, we're going to read again the first five verses of the, of the psalm. And uh, I'm going to read it like we've been doing. We're going to read it from the Amplified Bible. And um, just got some loose ends to tie up, and, and maybe we'll get done with it tonight. From the Amplified Classic, it says Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul. And all that is deepest within me, bless his holy name. Bless. Affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of all his benefits, who forgives every one of all your iniquities, who heals each of all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and corruption, who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, Who satisfies your mouth, your necessity, and desire at your personal age with good, so that your youth, renewed, is like the eagles, strong, overcoming, soaring. I, I love those verses. It's a picture of truly a blessed person. And then, of course, it begins with the... The encouragement for us to bless the Lord, to praise the Lord, and to be grateful unto the Lord. You know, the word Lord in verse 1, and we pointed this out already a number of times, is the word Jehovah. And the word Jehovah is the covenant name of God. And I say name, but actually there are at least seven major Jehovah names of God. And a covenant name means it is a redemptive name. And what I mean by that is it is a name that signifies a benefit that God provides that has been bought and paid for with the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a blessing, it's a benefit actually is the word used in this psalm, that is rightfully ours. Last week, I pointed out the difference between a benefit and a bonus. If you work for someone and you have a specified contractual agreement with that person, then there are benefits that you expect because you agreed that this is what I will work for. So much money, so many days maybe off vacation, whatever other benefits there are. And those are legally, contractually, rightfully yours and their benefits. But a bonus is when maybe the boss or the owner of the company doesn't have to do it. He's made no contract to have to do it, but they just want to bless you. Maybe they give you X number of dollars at Christmas time. Maybe they give you, you know, uh, certain other bonuses. Those are not things that you can say, well, I know that's coming. You might hope they come and think they come they usually do but there's nothing that binds that to be so it's a bonus well the the word bonus and the idea of bonus is not what's used here in Psalm 103 it's not a bonus he says forget not all his benefits so all these things that the psalmist is referring to are things we rightfully can expect we're not ordering God around we're not bossing God around God in his sovereignty said, this is what I'm going to do. And one of the primary ways that he revealed what he's going to do is when he revealed his names, the Jehovah names. And I want to just quickly go through them. We've done this before, but I just want to talk a little bit about these tonight. And I don't know when we'll get back to them again, so we'll take advantage of this time. And we're just going to go down a list, not necessarily chronologically in order that they they appear in Scripture, but just down this list of these seven names. The first we'll look at is Jehovah Shammah. And that means the Lord is there. You know, Jesus made the promise in the Great Commission, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. This promise that I am with you is a promise that is made by the Lord Jesus himself. He verifies and He brings covenant rights to us to believe that we'll never be without Him. He doesn't come and go. He doesn't get aggravated when you miss it and walk off and leave you. He's not mad at you. He's not angry with you. He's not withholding good from you. But He's there. He's present. That's one of the reasons why whenever we do miss it, whenever we do fail, whenever we do sin... That we don't want to try to run away from God. You can't really run away from God. Where would you go that He's not already there? So don't ever get in your mind that you need to run away from God, that you need to quit talking to Him, that you don't, that you're you know you're embarrassed or ashamed to pray or seek God. No, you don't need to run away from God, you need to run to God. He already knows what you did. He heard what you said. He knows the attitude of your heart. He saw the whole thing, heard the whole thing. So nothing is new as far as he's concerned. He saw it all. But just go and let him cleanse you. Let him forgive you. Let him wash you afresh and anew in the blood of the Lamb. And and the Word tells us that we are made nigh by the blood of Christ. And so this Jehovah Shammah, is, is a reiterated name of God that comes to us through the redemption of the Lord Jesus Christ. The next name is Jehovah Shalom. That means the God of our peace. And in Colossians 1.20, it says that Jesus made peace by the blood of his cross. It is a redemptive name because it's connected to the blood. That's what I want you to see. Then Jehovah Reah, the Lord our shepherd. And we know from John 10 and 11 and John Chapter 10, verse 15, that Jesus gave his life for the sheep. He laid down his life. He shed his blood. Again, tying blood, redemption to this covenant name of God. And then Jehovah Jireh, Philippians 4:19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. When and in 2 Corinthians we're told there in chapters 8 and 9, those great financial passages there, we're told in chapter uh, is it 8 or 9 where it says that he though he was rich, yet he became poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich. That happened at the cross. That's a redemptive blessing. And so he is still Jehovah Jireh, still our provider. Then the next one is Jehovah Nisi. That means the Lord, our banner, our victor, and our captain. And I like 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Always. No matter what the doctor says, no matter what the lawyer says, no matter what your ex-wife says or ex-husband or your neighbor says or anybody else says, God says you're more than a conqueror. He says to you and me that the greater one is on the inside of us and greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. Praise God. We are victors through the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not victims. We don't need sympathy. We don't need pity. We don't need people to feel sorry for us. We need people to encourage us to go on in the victory that God has prepared for us. And then the next one we'll look at, Jehovah Sidkenu. That means the Lord our righteousness. And, of course, 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 21 says that he, that's God the Father, made him, that's Jesus the Son, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. When did that happen? When did he become sin for us? When he went to the cross. When He became what we were so that we can now be what He is, He is Jehovah, our righteousness. And then the final one we'll look at tonight, not, not the last one that's given in Scripture, but, but the last one on our list, Jehovah Rapha. That means, I am the Lord, your healer. In Exodus fifteen twenty-six, actually, it's the first covenant name revealed after Israel came out of Egypt was that God revealed to them that He would be their physician, that He would be their healer, that He would be their doctor. And then, of course, we see the connection to redemption in Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. Surely or certainly He has uh, borne or lifted our sicknesses and diseases and carried, carried away our sorrows and pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, his bruises, his blood, we are healed. When Matthew wrote about this as he saw it before his eyes, in Matthew eighteen, eight, chapter 16th and 17th verses he said when the even was come they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses he was quoting from Isaiah 53 and though griefs and sorrows certainly were carried by Jesus that wasn't even mentioned that day but the healing power of Jesus was on display. Hallelujah. And he is the same, I remind you. Hebrews 13, 8. Yesterday and today and forevermore. Hallelujah. I also remind you Romans Romans 8, chapter and eleventh verse. It says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised Christ from the dead will also quicken or give life to your mortal body. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that there is no sickness? There is no disease. There is no attack of the devil. There is no infirmity. No spirit of infirmity that can attach itself to you. You and stay and be there and, and live and prosper because the Spirit of God on the inside of you gives life to your mortal body. Hallelujah. And then Peter looked back, and he, he was there, you know, and he remembered the ministry of Jesus, the earthly ministry of Jesus, and he looked back and he, he said in 1 Peter 2, 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live into righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed and i tell you if we were healed then i am healed hallelujah glory to god and see when the attack of the enemy comes and one of the things that i didn't mention earlier that i need to mention tonight is that we're in a fallen world we're in a world where we are hated by our adversary you are the biggest threat to the kingdom of darkness there is you're a greater threat than any political party. You're a greater threat than any financier. You're a greater threat than any governmental official or anybody on the planet. You, the church, you're the one who stands in the way of the devil making total chaos of the whole planet. And if there's anybody he wants to get out of the way, it's you. He wants to neutralize you, take you out before your time or cause you to be so miserable and then blame God for it that he uses you for advertisement for against God. He, he'll do any backwards, any... A uh, 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 rotten thing he can do to try to destroy and kill and steal in your life. But I'm here tonight to tell you that the greater one on the inside of you is the God who will always bring you through, and he always has and he always will. It doesn't matter how many people don't receive. It, it, is, it is all based on what God has said. You know, I'm healed tonight. I've got a great report. I've got a good report. I've got a good testimony to give to you. But I want you to know that you don't need to believe in healing because I'm healed. You don't need to believe in healing because you read somebody's testimony that they got healed. I'm not saying that those testimonies aren't good. And that's a way that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and word of our testimony. Testimonies are inspiring. They're, they're wonderful. And they're, they have a powerful place within the body of Christ. But I don't believe in healing because of how I feel. I don't believe in healing because of what the doctor says or doesn't say. I don't believe in healing because of somebody I know who got healed. I believe in healing because God said so. He's the one who said it. He's the healer. He's the one who obviously and ultimately knows what he's talking about. Hallelujah. And there are times when you just have to stand on it. And you've got to put this word in. I like, you know, what uh, Brother John Osteen said long years ago. He used to tell his congregation, the people he preached to week by week by week, and he would tell them, I'm sure more than one time, he would tell them, always put the scriptures inside of you for use when needed. For use when needed. And one day in 1981, in the month of December, his family needed it. His wife, Dodie, was given a death sentence. They said she had metastatic cancer of the liver, and she would only live for a few weeks. It was, it was beyond the help of medical science. There was no surgery that could be done. Chemo wouldn't help her, radiation wouldn't help her. He gathered her up, had gathered her up from that hospital at 89 pounds and took her home. He told the doctor, he, he told the doctor, he said, "Doctor, we believe in miracles." And the doctor said, "Well, pastor. You're going to need one. Do you know Dodie Osteen is still alive? Do you know you can go on YouTube? She's just got some stuff she's posted in the last week or two. She went home and she just started using those scriptures that her husband had taught and preached about and that she'd stored away for use when needed. And every day from that day to this... She has not failed, according to her testimony, to, 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 go in, to, to go into the Word, read those Scriptures, confess those Scriptures. And today in her 90s, she's cancer-free and still ministering to people. Now, I, know, I, I don't know Miss Doty, but I've, I've seen enough and heard enough of her and, 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 and heard enough people that do know that family to tell you this. She would probably be the first person to tell you That God didn't love her more than he loves anybody else. So I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're dealing with. But if you will learn to do what Psalm 103 says. Bless the Lord. O my soul and all that is within me. If you'll learn to praise him when it's dark. Praise Him when it looks like nothing's working. Praise Him when everything in the natural seems to be wrong. If you will continue to praise God and put, that, and put the Word in and then bring it back out. You see, when I'm preaching about returning the Word this past Sunday, I'm just preaching what I know works. And you know, nothing can come out that hasn't gone in. If, nothing, if no word has gone in, then no word's coming out. And there are going to be times in all of our lives when we're going to look into situations and somebody's going to tell us something that's going to be completely contrary to what God said. And if you don't know what He said, and if you don't believe what He said, and if you're not willing to choose to believe what He said, you're going to be in trouble. But if you will stand on the word of God, he will bring his word to pass. He's a good God. He's a faithful God. And he said, My word will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Your mind will waver. Your mind will go to all kinds of horrible places, dark places, scary places, angry places, depending on what you're facing, I don't know what kind of places it will go to. But your mind isn't where your faith is. Your faith is in your heart. And everybody who's ever won a fight of faith has had to do so with doubt that came to their mind. Because doubt comes to your mind don't mean that it's in your heart. You just cast it down. You just have to walk through the house and talk. You have to drive your car and talk. You have to. You have to... Listen to things that will put faith into you that speaks louder than any symptom in your body or louder than any voice that the devil, you gotta shut him up. And the way Jesus shut the devil up was with the word of God. And I'm just telling you I'll be soon well I'm not I'm just now less than a month away. From 42 years of full-time ministry, and I can tell you one of the hardest things that I have ever had to do as a pastor was to talk people in to calling those things, which be not as though they were on a consistent basis, to get them to constantly speak the Word of God and to not talk about the doubt and not talk about all the stuff. Because human nature wants to share our problems. Human nature wants you to feel sorry for me, pet me. Make me feel better. Make me some peanut butter fudge. (laughs) Whatever it takes. You know, that's what the flesh wants. But that's not what's going to get your miracle. That's not what gets you healed. That's not what causes you to be sustained. It's the Word of God. It's a fight of faith. But it's a good fight, which means we win. You know, when I kept saying, I don't know how many times I've said it since uh, Brother Mark and Miss Trina were here, but I kept saying, you need to go back and get, get the app. And you need to go back and listen to those day sessions. Because it just, I, you know, I, I, we need to hear that over and over again. About the confession of our faith. You need to restudy things that we think we know. Yeah, we know some stuff. And we believe some good stuff. But we don't know it all. And, and faith doesn't come by what you heard five years ago. Or that tape series, you know, we don't even do tapes anymore, but that tape series that so blessed you 10 years ago, you know, you might need to hear that again. You do need to hear it again, praise the Lord. So, how did we get off on all of that, praise the Lord? I, uh, I wanted to get through Psalm 103. Maybe, maybe we will, I don't know. He says, bless Affectionately, I'm in verse two now. At least, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of all His benefits. And then He lists two. Now, these are not all the benefits. I mean, we just went through those seven covenant names, so there are at least seven powerful redemptive benefits. But He mentions two here, and these are the two that probably mean the most to us. These are the two areas of need that we have most been in in our lives. He says, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives every one of all your iniquities, who heals each of all your diseases. Forgiveness and healing are equally ours. They are already bought and paid for and freely provided. They are blood-bought whosoever will by grace, through faith, blessings. You in the mind of God are just as healed as you are saved. If you can believe that God saved you, that He forgave every sin, made you righteous, and is going to take you to heaven, then you have the spiritual capacity to believe that you are just as saved in the physical sense. You are just as healed. Because that's the truth. Amen. And then in verse four, I'm trying to hurry. I wanted to camp out there a while, but we'll move on to verse four. It says, Who redeems your life from the pit and corruption to redeem here if you've studied the Old Testament, you, you and if if you're familiar with the story of Ruth in the Bible in the Old Testament, then you know something about the principle of the kinsman redeemer. And how that in that Oriental culture of that day, and even tied up in the the legal requirements of God's law and Old Testament people, that family had to take care of family. If a brother died without children, and he had a brother, then his brother, the nearest of kin, actually took that woman as his wife to raise up children to her. Now to us that sounds totally foreign. And in 2022, that just doesn't sound like something that we want to do, but that was a common thing. And of course, you know the story of Ruth, the, Mo, uh, the, uh, the uh, Moabitess, who was a Moabite woman, not a Jewish woman, who had come back uh, with her mother-in-law, Naomi, and uh, because Naomi's son, who was a Jew, had died, and so she, you know how she was gleaning out in the fields and and uh, Naomi was instructing her about how to get close to Boaz, who was a wealthy man, and uh, and he was a kinsman. And so, if you remember the story, Boaz fell in love with her. He determined this is what I want to do, but he said there is one person closer of kin, and so by law he couldn't just marry her and take her as his own wife. Unless this other person said he didn't want to. And the other person said, no, I don't want to do that. And so Boaz took her and, and the rest of her life she was well to do. Everything changed when the Redeemer came. Everything changed when the Redeemer t- took her as his own. And that is the kind of a Redeemer that is referred to here in verse 4 who redeems your life from the pit so when Jesus came to you he came as your redeemer, as your kinsman redeemer and that's why we say and now maybe we understand a little better why we would say Jesus is our elder brother we're in the family our redeemer is kin to us we're in him, he's in us and so he has the wealth of heaven at His disposal. There is no need you'll ever have that He can't meet. There's no situation you'll ever face that He cannot help you to be an overcomer in. He is our Redeemer. He redeems our life from the pit and corruption who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with loving kindnesses and tender mercies. Jesus our kinsman, Redeemer, assumed responsibility for us, paid our debts, and married us. <laughs> We've been brought, bought with a price, according to 1 Corinthians 6 and 20. We're redeemed from destruction. That means corruption. From the pit. Redeemed from the grave. That's, that's what we're redeemed from. Hallelujah. He crowneth thee. The old King James says, with loving kindness and tender mercy. You know what "crowneth" means? It's not just talking about wearing some uh, tiara or something. It's talking about being encircled. We are circled about. We are compassed about. He crowns us with loving kindness. That means favor and kindness. You have a surrounding of kindness and favor from God on your life. You need to begin to expect favor. Everywhere you go, everybody you deal with, I mean, I do not go into situations expecting to be done wrong. I don't go into situations thinking everybody's out to get me and everybody's trying to cheat me and everybody's trying to do me wrong. I go into situations expecting favor. I try to be a nice guy. I try to be complimentary. I try to be well-mannered if I can be, as well as I know how to be. But I expect the favor of God. I hope that doesn't sound too crass to you, but I don't expect to be treated like dirt. I'm a child of the King. I don't demand anybody respect me. I don't demand that they like me. But you know what? They do. And it's not because I'm so good. It's because of the favor of God. I am encircled around with favor. Wherever I turn, there's favor. If I go to the north, there's favor. The south, the east, the west. <coughs> I'm encompassed with the favor of God. I'm crowned with it. And then I'm crowned with His favor and then tender mercies. Tender mercies. And that means tender love. That means mercy. It can mean pity. But here's something interesting I found as I studied this word. This word also refers to the womb of a mother. And if you know anything about a mother carrying a baby, there's nothing more tender. There's, I mean, it's the ultimate, I mean, I'm talking about under normal circumstances, godly circumstances, it's the ultimate safe place where that child has to do nothing to be fed cared for and developed no no price is asked to be paid nothing's expected just let that baby grow and grow and grow until it comes to full term and is born and that's the idea that the word here gives to us that that God will crown us with loving kindness And he will keep us, as it were, in the womb. Protected and nourished and every need met. Hallelujah. No wonder, verse 5 says, who satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire at your personal age with good. So whether you are 18 years old, 28 years old, 38 years old, 48 years old, 58 years old, 68 or 108... Wherever you are in your life, God says, I want to satisfy you and I want to renew you. Wherever you are, whatever age you are at, I want you to be like the eagle. Your youth is renewed. I want you to walk on. And sure, we're going to leave here someday. Divine healing is not a promise that this physical, natural body will survive forever. I'm convinced. I mean, I'm not an old man yet. Somebody ought to say amen, but anyway, I'll forgive you. I'm not an old man yet but i can already see that you know there will come a time when people want to go home and there's nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that but as long as we're here as long as we've got work to do we want to do it in the strength and the renewal of the holy ghost and i'll tell you if you want to if you want some energy stay full of god if you want some get up and go Get up with God in the morning. Get into the Word of God. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Edify yourself. Build yourself up. And be about the Father's business. It's amazing how much God wants to bless us. Amen. Well, I think I have to quit with Psalm 103. I don't know when we get back week after next where I'll be or where we'll go. i mean, I'll be here at church, but I don't know where in the Bible we're going to go. But I hope you've been blessed. I needed to hear all of this. It's been good for me. I preached to myself. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's stand up and bless the Lord for.